Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello. Hello. We are both in the internet. (laughs) I know, we're so close. Still remote, but so close. The air is so much shorter between us. Power's the final final move to your new destination. Oh Oh my god. As always, the last 10% takes the same amount of time as the first 90%, but I had the feeling I just kept thinking I was in the last 10%, but I wasn't, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You're like, I must be almost done. This is it. This is the hard bit. And you're like, no, no, there's still so much more. But it's pretty much done now. Just got to, like, get my apartment cleaned, do the kind of, like, property manager stuff, and then... I am in the inner west, baby. I am no longer an eastern suburbs girl. No more beach content on Instagram. Just autumn foliage and the cat that I am house sitting for. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're happy to have you over this side of, of the city. Thank you. Very happy Thank you. indeed. Happy to have crossed George Street finally. It's a big move for anyone not in Sydney. This is like basically the two biggest personality types that you can have in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> do you live by the beach or do you live in the inner west? And I've made the switch. Are you cool or are you basic, basically? Well, <laughs> you bitch. wasn't basic. Jokes. I was living my soulful eastern suburbs beach life. <laughs> I was touching nature with my hands. How about you? What have you been doing since I last spoke to you? Uh, since I last, you last spoke to me, the sewer um, issue has seemingly been resolved. And speaking of cats, it was kitty litter that someone was flushing down the toilet. That was uh, fucking it all up. I'm glad, I'm, I know you guys were on tender hooks about this. So, um, <laughs> just updating you all. <laughs> I'm very glad to so hear that's that. hopefully fixed. And yeah, I just bought like a giant blanket scarf to wrap around my whole entire head because I'm so cold, which is very cozy. And just like, you know, dealing with toddler life, which is very hectic. (laughs) I think I just had it so easy with newborn baby phase. I was like, whatever, this is like no big deal. And then, wow, I'm really biting my tongue now because toddler, I feel like toddlerhood and I are just going to have a few problems. (laughs) But he is, he was very active like his legs were very like he kicked and moved his legs a lot even when he couldn't stand up so I did have my suspicions that he would be quite a wriggly one yeah he's a he's a spirited little little man but we love him for that <laughs> we love him for that <laughs> it's just like the doldrums of sickness are back in winter and yeah just nobody's happy when people are sick. Nobody. There has been some deliciousness and I'm ready to get started on hearing what you have eaten lately. What All right. is up? Okay, I've got a two-for-one recommendation like the old days. Mm. So I want to say it's time to move over for I've moved on. There is a new oh. noodle soup to love. Have you had Bunbo Hui before? Yes. I actually had it in Hui. <laughs> Very well. Well, well <laughs> How nice for you. I did not go to Vietnam since we last spoke, but I did go to this really cute little restaurant that is called Cash Only Diner. And I spotted it because I've been back in the office a few days a week and it's really close to where I work. Um, and so it's a noodle soup. It has a lot of, you know, if you were to glance at it out of the corner of your eye, you would think, 
that it was fur. You you know, that it's hard to tell the difference just from a simple glance. It's a very deeply savory noodle soup. It's got lots of aromatics. You can, you know, add the herbs and the bean sprouts to your liking at the end. But this is from Hue, which is in central Vietnam, as I'm sure you know, as you have been there to eat this soup. And while fur is just made from beef, um, Bumbo Hue has got beef and pork. So it has um, like three different types of meat. It's got the brisket. It's got this really soft gelatinous pork belly. And then I think it's like a pork sausage as well, like slices of that Mm. that are in the broth. Um, And it also has some slightly different aromatics. So apparently it has a lot of lemongrass in there. And then it's got this like kind of funky chili umami sauce that you mix in along with the herbs and the bean sprouts. So it turns the broth's quite light colored because it's got the pork as well as the beef. But then you mix the sauce in and it gets this like real like fiery, murky, delicious red color, which is great. So it's just like I hadn't tried it before. I don't know how I'd gone so long in my life without trying it. I love a noodle soup, but somehow I just missed it. And then we went to this little restaurant, um, like I said, and it only does food from Hui. So that was the only soup they had on the menu. And it was so great. It's linked to um, Baro Bar, which is just this little cocktail bar in the city and it's in the basement below the restaurant. But it felt like a really like hidden gem. The menu was really good. Like the soup was great. There's also this lemongrass chicken that was delicious and these grilled Yum. prawns like split down the middle with this amazing like green coconutty uh, chili coriander sort of salsa that you put on the prawns and they were like really charred and delicious. It was great. So that's Cash Only Diner in the city. You can pay with card. It's just the name. I don't really know the story behind <laughs> the name. Um, but I highly recommend going for the Bun Bo Hue and they're open for lunches Wednesdays through Sundays, I believe. So I might be doing some lunchtime dashes there on icy days to get a bowl of that. That sounds amazing. I love the sound of that place. It looks really good. It was so unexpected. I kind of walked past it and I was like, what is this place and why have I never heard of it? Mm, I think Huey food is like kind of funky and fermenty and like, yeah, really good. She said it mixed the sweeter flavors from the south with the really fermented and intense flavors of the north. And she said, so it's mm. the perfect marriage of the two. I was like, I Ew. mean, you got to sell me on this, but I'm with you. I believe you. <laughs> Delicious. What about you? What have you been nibbling? Well, speaking of noodle soup, my recommendation is similarly themed this week. So I want to tell you about one of the best meals we had in Melbourne recently, which was Thai food in an underground budget car park off Burke Street <laughs> in the middle of the CBD. So you know, two, two um, Southeast Asian noodle soups coming at you this week, everyone. So, yeah, it's like right next to the ticket machine, like underground in one of those covered car parks. Like you cannot see it from Burke Street. You have to know that it's there. It's called Soy 38, S-O-I 38, all one word. I found out about it from one of our newsletters that we ran for our paid subscribers a couple of months ago, which was all the best stuff in Melbourne. A bunch of creatives gave us their recommendations and heaps of people recommended Soy 38 and, oh, my God, it was, like, so high on our list when we went down there. So it's actually been there since 2015, so seven years. They started out just serving boat noodles and tom yum wontons during the day. So like only a couple of dishes. And then these noodles just became cold, like super, super popular. 
And last year, in 2021, they expanded to a dinner menu because this place had just become so popular. And it's just like bonkers delicious. Like it's so good. It's so true to what you'd find on the streets of Bangkok. It's not just soup at night. They don't do the boat noodles at night. It's like a massive Thai street food menu. It's like a little tick box menu. It's really lo-fi. But then there's all this natural wine in the fridge. It's like oh <laughs> it's like a perfect venue. Um, it's I always like too good to be true. I know. We have this incredible corn somtum, like a papaya salad. There's all the different kinds of hot pot. We have this bubbling soup called the ultimate bowl, which comes in this <laughs> giant. Like, how can you not order something called the ultimate bowl? Have to. <laughs> comes in this giant cauldron, like bubbling with like sour, spicy tom yum broth noodles, prawns, scallops, crispy pork and pork mince, like seasoned pork mince and like a couple of just fresh egg yolks dolloped on top Mm. that you kind of burst with your chopsticks and, you know, drag around the broth to slowly emulsify and then a whole bunch of fresh lime on the top. Oh, my God. So good. Honestly, I think it's some of the best Thai food I've had like in Australia, like 100%. Wow. And certainly in Melbourne where, you know, Sydney is very renowned for its Thai food. But, yeah, it's not something that you seek out when you're down there. And it's just cool to be eating in a car park. I was like, (laughs) what the hell? Like there's no view. It's just like you're watching the cars come in and out. Um, But, yeah, definitely check out, if you haven't already, the highly enthused Melbourne Google map, which we created after we sent that newsletter. It's got over 100 recommendations on it, all recommended by these very cool women in Melbourne. Um, We'll link to it in our newsletter, which will be free this Friday, highlyenthused.substack.com. But, yeah, there's, like, shops on there, coffees, cocktail bars, karaoke bars, so good. And this is a serious highlight, Soy 38 in the CBD. Very, very good. I've sent a few people that list when they were going down to Melbourne and I was like, this is all you need. You don't need anything else from me except this map. Go, enjoy. You will have the best weekend of your life. Yeah, it's so handy because you can just like see what's around you when you're walking around mm. and you, you can just click on it and see what it is and all the photos. Like it's, it's so um, user-friendly as one would say. <laughs> what about read, watch, listen? What do you got? All right. Look, I realized this may be a little bit of a hard sell. I know you didn't love this, Soph, I believe. I believe you stopped halfway through. I really but wanted I... to love it. I really wanted okay. to love it. It's okay. I think you should go back and give it another whirl. But I am this week, I've held off until now, but I'm talking about the HBO Max adaption of Station Eleven, which came out at the beginning of this year um, or maybe end of last year, overlapping to the beginning of this year. You can watch it on Stan if you are in Australia. I loved this show so much and I think part of the reason I loved it so much is I was so afraid they were gonna fuck it up because Station Eleven is one of my favorite all-time favorite books like top five so for those of you who haven't been listening since the beginning and you may not have heard me gush over the novel by Emily St. John Mandel um, this is an HBO Max adaption of that book it's a limited series I think it's 10 or 11 episodes and that's it and if you somehow have missed reading or seeing Station Eleven um It sort of was written in like 2014 and the basic setup of both the book and the show is that there is an outbreak of an incredibly virulent and deadly flu that spreads throughout the world in the space of what seems like 
five days and completely destroys the world as we know it, killing like 93% of the population. Pretty grim. Pretty grim. (laughs) Pretty grim. And I will say I watched the first episode, which is sort of set very much in that present like that sort of the present day I guess where the pandemic's kicking off and it was when the Omicron surge first happened there was a few moments that were very distressing but it ended up just being glorious so it's based around a few key central characters which they kept very similar from the book and to the show so there's Arthur Leander who's an actor who at the very beginning of the show is on stage performing King Lear when he has a heart attack Um, and this isn't really giving too much away it's literally in the first scene Um, And he dies kind of just before the pandemic really kicks into high gear and kind of becomes this symbol of like before and after. Uh, And then all of the characters kind of spin around him. They're all kind of tangentially linked. It's one of those like linked story kind of narratives. So there's also Jeevan, who's a man in the audience who sort of realizes what's happening to Arthur before anyone else does and runs on stage. There's Kirsten, who's a child actress who's also in the play. And then there's a couple of Arthur's ex-wives, including an artist who makes this incredible illustrated kind of um, graphic novel. There's his son, there's his best friend. And it follows all these characters back and forth between the present sort of tense of the pandemic and the first kind of few months after the pandemic has sort of happened and then 20 years into the future in the post-pandemic world. Um, what I really loved, which I didn't expect to love, is that the show actually makes some changes from the book. Um, and so it keeps um, Jeevan, he's like in his maybe late 20s, um, and Kirsten, who's the child actress in the show, that keeps sort of gets them to meet each other and keeps them together for the course of sort of the first few months, um, which is quite a big change in the show. They sort of become a really central relationship. And I normally hate it when TV adaptions change things from the original text, but I actually thought they did it really brilliantly here. And they built out these whole character arcs for Jeevan's character that aren't in the book, but it's just like so gorgeous that I actually love it. I love parts of the show even more than the book, which I just really didn't expect to because the book's been so special to me. But the the showrunner who made this was Patrick Somerville, who also did my other favourite weird show that's a total hard sell, which is The Leftovers, <laughs> which I've talked about <laughs> before. And just like his ability to build this kind of post-pandemic world that is so realised and sort of feels very lived in and like naturalistic and is both like really horrible and harsh but also like very surreal and beautiful and interesting. There's like this whole episode that's set in like an old like Walmart or Target. It's just like a big generic kind of department box store but it's been turned into this maternity ward. There's like 17 women or 10 women or something who are all due to give birth around the same time and this one doctor who survived because she'd been disbarred because all the other doctors died because the flu was so virulent but she'd been kicked off because she'd been running a Ponzi scheme (laughs) so she'd lost her medical license anyway there was just this birth scene that was so gorgeous and weird and surreal that I like laughed out loud and then just started weeping (laughs) in my lounge room like it's so beautiful anyway it just is one of those shows that I kind of like watched they dropped a few episodes a week and as soon as it finished I was like in my lounge room, like weeping. I was like texting people, like, have you watched this? Have you watched this? Like I just needed to sit down and like talk to someone about it for hours because I just, it was so 
such a wonderful experience. I think I texted you when you were like, nah, gave up halfway through. I was like, God damn it. I'm going to have to find someone else. <laughs> no, I did finish it. I, I do agree. It was like there are parts of it that were really incredible. I think I just got really over the Shakespeare side of it. I was just like, I just want to skip this part and go back to the pandemic <laughs> stuff, you know? Like I was just – Oh, that 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 shook me, but I know I know it's it's central to the story. I just Look. like the maternity ward scene. Yeah, amazing. I love the Jeevan and Kristen Kirsten stuff. Oh. Um, Jeevan, I just love that Jeevan was kind of like so mad at having to be in this position and like do the right thing and he was so yeah. angry about it but he would always do it anyway and I was just like yeah that's that's the hero we need someone who's like god damn it I don't want to do this thing that I have to do but I'm gonna do it but I'm not gonna be happy about being a good person like but yeah. I'll do it anyway that's true anyway I did think the ending was very good I watched the ending okay all right I've st- I will stop rambling and ranting about my favorite show uh, what have you been reading or watching or listening to? I just read a really sweet, nice book. <laughs> Great. That's what we need in these times. I don't know. If, if you're not looking for like something to blow your brains out with like intrigue and like drama and like suspense, you just want to like cozy up into a nice book that really just delves into a family dynamic, then you right. should read French Braid by Anne Tyler. So I hadn't actually read anything by Anne Tyler. Have you read anything by Anne Tyler? I have Tyler? not, no. Well, she's an no. American novelist and she's written 23 novels. and What? Including a Pulitzer for a novel <laughs> she wrote called Breathing Lessons, which was a Pulitzer in the 80s. But I, I have not read any of them. <laughs> I just completely missed her whole series. Anyway, somehow picked this book up. I actually listened to it on Audible, which was – a really nice uh, listen, and it's about a family in Baltimore. It's cut into seven sections. Each section is a different perspective of a family member in this family. It jumps across generations. It starts like in the 50s and then comes up to today, but it's like back and forth, like it's not a linear progression, which at first is a bit like disorientating, but then kind of all just stitches together really nicely as you delve a little deeper into it. It's really satisfying seeing inside the minds of everyone in this family and figuring out why they act like they do. Like, you know, you're you're seeing the brother through the sister's eyes and you're like, why is he acting like that? Like he's so standoffish and like really unfriendly and obviously he's been a bit ostracized. And then a few chapters later, you know, it's his perspective and you get this whole backstory into what happened and like why he is the way that he is. I love those kind of books. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, you know, you get that moment of recognition. You're like, okay, I get it, I get Mm. it. (laughs) It all centers on this one family holiday they take to a lake house. It's like the only family holiday they've ever gone on and ever do go on. And it's kind of stems, all the implications stem from this one incident that happens, which really isn't, isn't massive. Like it's nothing really traumatic. It's just this little thing that happens that happens to reverberate throughout the family and really for years it's kind of felt. Um, so it's not this groundbreaking book. It's just really it's just really satisfying and I really, you know, got hooked in. It's really really gets its claws into you as you get deeper into it and be looking for just something that is really interesting and, you know, a nice story that just isn't anything crazy. <laughs> it really is not a good sell of this book. 
It's like a book that's like a warm bath. Exactly. It's, it's no Station Eleven. Like there's no crazy like trauma in it. It's just interesting <laughs> and nice. <laughs> you don't have to think Look, too hard. Just get swept along by this family. That's all. You need a diversity of books, you know. You need the books that are just like you can pick up on a hard Wednesday when you've had a tough day at work and you can just like have your brain massaged by the book. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy. Enjoy. So that is French Braid by Anne Tyler. I feel like I did not sell it well, but enjoy. Hey, it's not a memoir. This is groundbreaking for <laughs> you. Oh, my God, I you. know. Oh, he's so happy for me. You read fiction. I read fiction and I live to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buy or do. What have you bought this week? All right, this is a bit of a phantom one. Sorry, I don't know why I'm singing. Uh, but basically, after dismantling my entire house, I just have a newfound appreciation for these metal wire storage baskets I bought from Muji a while back. I've had them in my laundry cupboard for a while, just holding towels. And, and they're so nice because they're that like really sturdy metal kind of like wide gauge mesh. Like they're not thin mesh. It's like um, like kind of a grid and there's maybe like a centimeter and a half sized kind of grid of this wire. It's really, really thick and really substantial. And they're just these like really great wire baskets. They come in a whole bunch of sizes. They've got these little handles on. You can kind of like slot them in next to each other. Um, and because they're mesh, you can or like wire, you can see through them. So it's not like a tub where you're kind of like squinting at it, being like, what the hell have I put in this tub? Because I had a lot of those tubs too. And I did not enjoy <laughs> the experience of being like, what's in this box? Oh, I didn't really need to keep that. What's in that? Oh, there's a thing I have had in there for six years. You can always see what you've got in it. At the moment I've got, so I had them holding towels because it's like good, you can kind of like rotate them through, but now I've got them in the kitchen of the place we're staying. We're house sitting for a few months and I'm using it as like a makeshift sort of pantry because you can kind of see at the sides and at the top and they, you know, they range from about I think like $20 up to a little bit more expensive if you've got a really big one. And it's just, you know, how everything in Muji has got that really great like Japanese aesthetic where they take these like really utilitarian kind of very basic functional things but they make them so nicely that they feel that it's really beautifully designed oh definitely <laughs> that sounds stupid yeah it's just so simple fit for purpose but that becomes beautiful to look at in its own way they're just like you know I didn't think I could wax lyrical about a storage solution but compared to <laughs> those plastic tubs that are useful but you can't see inside them this was really great having it out on display doesn't look ugly so it's yeah great. yeah I think that's the key it's like storage but looks good when it's in plain view mm. you know you don't have to yeah. hide it away somewhere like you do a tub yeah no one wants a tub it's no such an ugly word down with tubs tub. Town with tubs, <laughs> up with baskets. That's the highly enthused official position. What about you? I have Gemma Leslie from Food for Everyone to thank for recommending this brand to me. It is a another Melbourne recommendation. It's full of Melbourne little tidbits this episode. It's called Muse, the label. And it's one of those brands that you click on when you're not really expecting much and then you're like click on a few more things and you're like, I going to need all of this. I'm going to need <laughs> all of these things. <laughs> I think fans of that other Melbourne brand that we love, Permanent Vacation, will really like it. Everything is made to order, so they don't hold any dead stock. They're really oh, sustainable great. like that. It does mean that 
things take a little bit longer to arrive than you are probably used to having, you know, have like a two day arrival turnaround expectation these days. But yeah, there's some really incredible linens. The tailoring is excellent. I bought the Mari dress, M-A-R-I, which is a black linen with a contrasting white thread and white buttons. It's like a dress, like a shirt dress kind of, but it's really cinched at the waist there's this really cute ruching on the bust. The buttons are white, so there's like this black and white thing going on. Then up on the collar, they're kind of like really cute and pointy collar points. They're like kind of thin. It's really flattering and just feel like that kind of dress you just feel really good in, like during the day, at night, like anytime. It's a great dress and it's really flattering. Like it's just, I don't know, it feels mm. like it's the right size which I think is probably the key and they have some really good new materials for winter like they've kind of done this dress in a soft jersey like tinsel rather than uh linen yeah it's a great little brand it's run by a mum and daughter which is really really sweet but that's muse the label and I love the Mari dress I'm very currently on their website clicking on things and you're right you're like yeah this is fine I need all of it yep Yeah, (laughs) one of everything, please. Really good work stuff. Like it has a little Mm. bit of an edge, but it's not crazy out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you walked into a corporate office, they'd be like, oh, she's fun and creative, but very professional. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The exact vibe I'm going for. (sighs) What time is it for, Sophie? It is the fast five. Fast five. All right, you go first. Okay, so new album by Florence and the Machine. It is called Dance Fever, which is the most Florence and the Machine title for an album I think I can think of. As I do with all the albums I love, I've been listening to this on repeat for a while. She is definitely back. I've maybe not listened to her for a while, but this is such a good album. It's just a great one for wailing along to in your kitchen or like dancing around if you've had a bad day. I particularly love the track Free. I think it's number two on the album and it has made it onto my running playlist because I like listening to it so much it distracts me from the pain. So I don't, I can't give you higher praise than that for a song really. So yeah, Dance Fever, Florence and the Machine. There's also a deluxe version which has acoustic versions like it's like two discs or something I don't know oh. you just I've been listening to it beginning to end pretty much all day at work every day for the last week so nice. give it a spin my second recommendation for my fast five is for this website I stumbled across when googling a bunch of ingredients from my fridge I needed to turn into a meal it's called Oddbox Recipes, or it's called Oddbox, which is a UK company that apparently sells like boxes of imperfect produce to save food waste. But they have this really great archive of recipes. I love when I find these sites, like like food companies that also have recipes. There's always some gems in there. Yes. And so their whole premise is like, you know, sometimes they're going to give you whatever's in season. So you might get two kilos of zucchinis and then they're like, here's how to use them. So they've got really good recipes for when you're like, what the hell do I do with a celeriac? like what about this wilting spinach or if you're me what if I have some lettuce that I'm gonna stir fry (laughs) do you have a recipe for that odd box yes they do teriyaki stir fried lettuce with noodles it was delicious I think it's either entirely or mostly vegetarian or vegan recipes as well but they've just got like interesting things in there like spinach pancakes with fried egg and maple syrup they've just got different ways to use all those vegetables that you just need to like clear out from the crisper so that is oddbox recipes 
I will link to it in our newsletter, as Sophie mentioned. This looks awesome. Cauliflower katsu curry. Yeah. And they've got like a recipe for how to make the katsu sauce from scratch. Like it's great. It's got really good stuff. But we love the curry blocks, Sophie. We love the curry blocks. I'm with you. I'm just saying if you're ever, you know, not chasing after a very, very physically active 18-month-old, you can make it from scratch. (laughs) So sometime in 2035. Okay, third one for the week is the On Being podcast. So if you thought I was earnest talking about Station Eleven, wait till you hear me talking about this podcast. (laughs) This is uh, (laughs) my most, like, sincere listen. It's where I go to when I want to, like, have something that nourishes me spiritually, <laughs> if I can be mm-hmm. so cheesy. But it's this really wonderful show. It's been running for years. I think it's been on the radio for a really long time. For a long time, it was every single week. They've only just recently switched to a seasonal format. It's hosted by a woman named Krista Tippett. And basically every episode, she does these really long interviews, which are just these wonderful conversations with like poets, philosophers, psychologists, scientists, all sorts of really fascinating people. Um, I first stumbled across it when she did an interview with Ross Gay, who wrote that book, The Book of Delights, which I was obsessed with a while ago. Um, mm. There's a wonderful interview with him if you if you like that book. But an episode I really loved recently was called The Intelligence of Plants, and she interviewed Robin Wall Kimmerer, who is a botanist and a moss expert. She's also a member of the citizen Potawatomi Nation, so she's a a Native American uh, woman as well. And it was just this, um, she's, she wrote the book Braiding Sweetgrass, which you might've heard of, but just this like really incredible um, take on sort of these indigenous ways of, of knowing and being and like looking at science through that lens. But just every episode I come out of sort of feeling not only like I learned something, but also that I have sort of a new way of, of thinking about the world or viewing the world. It's just great. There's mm. so many episodes to dive into as well. A great archive to explore. So that is the On Being podcast. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts, but I really recommend going to their website. They've got all sorts of extra things on there as well. That's quite good. Number four is a fancy fish sauce. People, this is the content you come for. Uh, So this is red boat fish sauce. Have you heard of this? Uh, No, I don't think so. So I read sometime during lockdown a New York Times article where they like ranked all these different fish sauces. I don't know. Essential work. Essential service journalism. And this is considered one of the best. So apparently it's the purest fish sauce on the planet, made only from wild caught black anchovies off the coast of Phoi Quoc in Vietnam. I think a Vietnamese man moved to the US and couldn't find the kind of fish sauce that he loved to to use when he was in Vietnam. So he started his own company. It's so delicious. It's so good. Like I like to use it in pretty much everything. Like you can do salad dressings for a little bit of an umami kick. You can add it to pasta sauces. It doesn't just have to be something that you use when you're cooking Vietnamese food. I picked it up at my local Asian grocer, but you can also get it at Woolworths, I think. It is a little bit more expensive than your normal fish sauce. It's like $11, I think. But treat it like you would like a really good vinegar or really nice like dressing oil. Like it's supposed to be used kind of as a finish 
um, ingredient and it's delicious. Really, really good. So Yum. Yes. Oh, speaking of fish sauce, I made the pad thai from Night Market that you oh recommended last week. And how did you find it? Was it was very good. So very easy, good. right? Ned only threw a quarter of it on the floor. Oh, what a compliment. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Thanks, Ned. Well, that would be great use for this because you'd just heat it through at the end. Mm, yeah, yum. Yeah. And then my last one for this Fast Five, it's been a very eclectic mix this week, is an Instagram account called Read Write Thrift and it's run by this uh, woman in Toronto and she just has really cute personal style. She's, as you might have guessed by the name, really into thrifting and buying secondhand like for pretty much everything. I don't think she really buys, maybe she buys like underwear fresh but pretty much everything else she thrifts and she just does these really cute styling reels where she'll take one item that you might think is like very like not a basic or something that could really only be worn one way but then she'll just show you how she'd style it like five different ways and they're all like completely different looks and I just really love her because she's not just the standard Instagram influencer look of like very beachy or very minimalist or like really Gen Z over the top. It's just like very much her. She kind of takes influences from all of them, but that you can just really tell she has like a really distinct sort of sense of style. Um, And it's just really fun to see Mm. someone who doesn't also look like every single Instagram model, but who also has a really great sort of aesthetic. Totally. Yeah. Love her vibe. Really good at layering and knows how to make a winter outfit look cute because she's from Canada. And that's just helpful because I'm really bad at that. just really bad all canadians know how to layer (laughs) they just know how to make their winter outfit not just be like a puffer jacket you know like i just feel like whatever my coat is that's what i look like for three months i didn't leave the house last winter it's really hard to dress for winter and not look terrible anyway yeah i was thinking the other day i was like really out of practice with winter we haven't (laughs) done it in a few years now I'm like, I don't have any, I don't know what to wear. Same. I'm really <laughs> I'm just going to wrap a blanket around my head. That's, I prefer that. All right. That's my fast five. Let's hear yours. Excellent fast five. I really, really like that cute little last gal on there. That's She's a great awesome. solo. Okay. So for me this week, I have watched The Staircase on Binge and I now watch the documentary, which has been out for years on Netflix, also called The Staircase. So that is a documentary about uh, this case. And this version that I watched, which is on Binge, is like a dramatization of the case. So same story. One's drama, one's a documentary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This has Colin Firth, playing the husband and accused murderer of Mm. Tony Collette, who's his wife, who is accused of killing at the bottom of his staircase in their big mansion. Juliette Binoche is also in this randomly. Um, She is the editor of the documentary. Anyway, so the story is about this trial. It's very meta. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's like there's a trial going on. There's like reenactments of all the possible scenarios of what could have happened. And then there is this documentary that's being made about the trial that he's com- kind of not commissioned but has allowed to happen in order to like help his case. So it's just this multi-layered thing. 
there are honestly just like so many twists and turns and like plausible causes of death they play out you know one after the other as this trial progresses and like further evidence is uncovered and everything like one sec you believe him and you're like uh he didn't do it like he really loved her and then you're like oh my god he did it i know it and then you're like (laughs) no wait he didn't do it an owl did it like there's always just like crazy weird you know possible excuses or like possible angles that you know could have happened it's pretty like gory in parts tony collette is brilliant and just really ugh, it's just really icky a lot of it colin firth is just like creepy chilled character who's just got a lot going on behind the eyes it's being released week by week i think by the time this episode airs it'll all be out i think there's 10 episodes all in all and yeah i'm you know i think we're only up to episode seven and i'm like how is there three episodes left because surely we're at the end now there's not going to be more twists but I think there is. Um, it really centers on the whole family of the show as well. And it's this kind of blended big family, second marriages, lots of children. And yeah, it's complex, but really good. I'm really addicted to it. So that is The Staircase on Binge. There's also the documentary on Netflix. The next one is Society of Wanderers Pillowcases. So random, but I wanted something with a bit more character for our bed. Like I have mm. beautiful linen. We buy a lot from in bed store and there's some bed threads in there and a few other linen brands. They're all like plain kind of neutral-ish shades. And I just wanted something, I don't know, with a bit more to it. And I found this brand. It's an Australian brand. It's an all linen brand. And they have some just really fun prints. Like they have a lot of great gingham and some floral prints. And there's a ruffle on this pillowcase, mm. which is cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not hating Love the ruffle, ruffle right now. Just one tiny bit of ruffle like on the bed. That's all I need. I don't just need like a dust ruffle. ruffle. <laughs> just a tiny edge. One edge has some ruffle on it. Yeah, I got the like blue and green and white big chunky gingham. Um, and yeah, it just looks nice, like lay it in with the rest of your linen. So definitely check them out, Society of Wanderers. They have a bunch of stockists, but you can buy it off their website. Number three is just hot chocolate in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've been really into making hot chocolate on the stove at home at night to drink on the couch like an 80-year-old. I don't use any fancy hot chocolate. I have not purchased any of the delicious hot chocolate brands that are out there that I know exist. I just found a random like Vittoria chocolate, (laughs) drinking chocolate with like heaps of sugar in it in my cupboard. And I was like, this sounds like it's going to be a good time. (laughs) And so (laughs) I made it, I make it with like half, half boiling water and half milk. So it's not like too intense and milky and rich. Um, and it's just so cozy and makes me feel warm and relaxed. And yeah, I'm trying to like drink less wine during the week. And so I'm just drinking heaps of sugary hot chocolate and it's working for me. <laughs> but don't want to go too overboard with too much milk now. Like that would be, that would be too intense. No, that would really be overstepping, like too intense, too intense. So, you know, give it a whirl, hot chocolate guys. <laughs> uh number four i finally caved and bought some tevas or tevas how do you pronounce that tevas welcome welcome okay yeah i have resisted for a long time but with our upcoming holiday i was like it's time to become the german backpacker that you've always (laughs) meant to be hot chocolate drinking german German backpacker (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. So if you don't know what they are, they're kind of like a um, a rubber, really simple shoe. It's like a strappy Velcro strap that like wraps around the ankle and the top of the foot. And then, yeah, it's just like a slab of rubber on the bottom. They're pretty soft, but the straps come in really fun colors. Like everyone's got black, whatever. Why not get metallic pink like me? <laughs> Get them both. I love two pairs. Exactly. So, yeah, I got the metallic pink multicolor and they're just really fun. And I've been wearing them in by wearing socks with them. Love it. Just leaning into my, yeah, my grandma vibes this week. Yeah, I actually think that's a look. It (laughs) is. I'm with you. I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. So good. Good, good footwear choices. I'm just glad I find you finally come across because everyone's like, I'm never going to wear them. And then once you've got them, you can't go back. They're so comfortable. They're so practical. When you're on those pebbly yeah. European beaches, you can just stride right into the ocean. You don't have to take your shoes off. Exactly. Like they're very man-repelling shoes. Like I don't <laughs> know if man-repelling is still a like okay thing to say, but they are just like I showed oh, them to sexy. Scott and – yeah, I was like, "Are you? What do you think of these?" And he was like, mm. and "I'm like, whatever. I'm getting them." <laughs> okay, and my final recommendation for this episode is these addictive little packets of salt and vinegar seaweed snack. Oh yeah, have you had these? I have. I've, I've got them in my cupboard at work. It's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, so they're by this brand called Serres Organics, and you can just get them at Woolworths. And they're just little packs of like five or six sheets of nori, dusted with salt and vinegar, and you know. Yes, they're organic. That's great. But like the level of packaging Mm. is very disturbing. So I'm really trying to stretch out the one pack that I bought (laughs) and not overdo it. But they're just really yum. They're really flavorsome and like super umami. They're a little bit unsatisfying because it's kind of like eating air. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You want like 70 packets of them to have a meal, but they're delicious. Yeah. I want a sandwich size amount of these nori nori sheets. Like they do not fill you up, but whatever. Like it'll tide you over for 15 minutes. They're very like salty snack, like satisfying. And yeah, I just keep a pack in my desk drawer and it's, you know, does the trick. Does the trick. Delicious. Can recommend if you get the non-salt and vinegar ones, like just the salted ones, crumble them up. They're a great topping for rice if you don't have like a proper rice seasoning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just put them on top of or on top of a noodle bowl. They're great. Yeah, roast potatoes, Mm, eggs. Into udon noodles. Um, Or just, you know, crunch them up and let them shower all over your jumper. That's it. That's all. Well, if you enjoyed this, guys, you can find us wherever you're listening to this one and listen to the whole archive, you know, dive in, go back to the beginning, see what random shit we were saying when no one was listening to us. You can find us on Instagram at highly enthused. You can email us at highly enthused at gmail.com. Send us some love notes. We love to hear from you. And as we've mentioned multiple times, you can sign up to our free newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com, where you will get all the recommendations from every episode. But if you love us as much as you love one coffee a month, especially if you drink oat milk, you can also sign up for our (laughs) paid newsletter, which gets you all sorts of great things like that guide to Melbourne we mentioned. If you sign up now, you get access to the entire archive. Really, what are you waiting for? 
It's amazing. You get even more of us. I just don't know what else you could be looking for. Nothing. Excellent. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you then. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.